welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with the sick Matt O'Hara. Hey, you guys. He's got a sinus infection. I'm fighting through it, man. Sounds like a Coke problem to me. It's not a Coke problem. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. Ever since you went out and saw that movie, uh, Scarface, couldn't get enough of the powder, could you? Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> and put your pants back on. <laughs> uh, so today we're doing uh, a mock draft. So today we're going to cover like the first round of a yeah, mock draft. first round. And yep. talk about these players a little bit now, a little bit more in depth again. Here and why we like them where we like them. It's kind of like a little ranking system we have here, but how we would take them if we were drafting. It's pretty much the same thing as ranking them, right? It's it's pretty similar. We're kind of mashing together our two rankings, I would say, by doing a little two-person mock draft. Yeah, instead of us sitting here going, hey, uh, where do you rank this guy? And you're like, I have him at two. I'm like, well, I have him at four. Just take your guy, man. Just take your guy, then man. Explain yourself. I'll, either we'll agree it. or we'll disagree. Right. You'll make your argument. I'll rebuttal. Uh, I'll be right. One of us will be wrong. Don't know who that could be. I don't know either, man. We'll figure it out, though. Time will tell, right? Um, so as the rookie drafts come up, obviously when you play Dynasty Fantasy Football, your Dynasty rookie draft is a very, very important tool. Now, we make our Dynasty leagues, we structure them, whereas not only is the Dynasty rookie draft an important tool, it's one of the main necessary tools to actually build a winning franchise. Again, we love the format, again, uh, that we've been playing. We've been playing, again, for Dynasty Fantasy Football for about 15 years. And we, over time, as because when we started our league, you know, there was no DLF. There was no websites out there. There was no Dynasty rankings. Every man for themselves. We, we literally, and I love how when we did it, too, like, it's kind of come to fruition where that's how, like, MFL was kind of structured as well and how the main concept of Dynasty is played because we just kind of made up the rules. We're like, hey. Yeah, it's great this dynasty league. We just get one team and keep it forever. Yeah, we know we had to do a lot of manual type of stuff for sure. And we kind of we kind of structured those rules over the years, always with a league boat, always as a group, kind of like you know what can we do to make this better? And every year the league changed a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and until about year five, I think we got a really good stronghold onto mm-hmm. it. You know, a couple of rules that we have that some leagues don't have. We always have the losers bracket in the playoffs. They always play. You know that seven for the seventh and eighth pick in the draft. Uh, you know, there's no incentive to ever win that game. We found that out early. People were actually trying to lose that game because they won the higher draft pick. So we changed the rule where if you win that game, you get the seventh pick. Right. The loser gets the eighth pick. And one of the big things we thought was, you know, don't ever let free agency. This isn't redraft. You don't want to get lucky, right? So let's make this rookie draft very important. So let's have 30-man rosters so free agency is slim pickings. There's still the occasional diamond in the rough type of guy, which also takes a lot of research and probably even even more research to dig up one of those guys than it does, you know, a draft pick. Yeah, because you got to cut somebody too. You know, that's a a big thing. When you add somebody to your roster, you got to cut somebody. Mm -hmm. Then we came up with the taxi squad. We called the we used to call it the practice squad. We did like the NFL until we got found myfantasyleague.com, which is again if you're holding. If you're hosting uh, your fantasy league, people ask me this all the time. Where do you host your league? MyFantasyLeague.com. You know, it, it's like 50, 60 bucks a year. Worst hour, it's like two bucks, three bucks, five bucks a person. Right. It's not a lot. Best five bucks you're going to spend. There, you, you can't put a value on. There's nothing worse when you're a commissioner. We found this out early. Like the commissioner, you know, I was a commissioner, had to keep track of, okay, who's all the rookies we're having. And then. You had to upload the rosters every year on Yahoo. It was super right. annoying. Right. You and know? Then all, of, all of a sudden, I was co-commissioner in charge of just keeping track of rosters. Like it was just even that's how in depth and crazy it can it's, get. It, it's a headache. Yeah. I, it was a huge headache. Where if you host your league on myfantasyleague.com, it's up all year long. You have a place for your practice squad, taxi squad. They have literally a billion rules you have on that website. You can change. Highly, it, highly customizable. Yep. Extremely customizable. Where you might need a tutorial at first, but there's no better league hosting site for dynasty fantasy football in the United States of America, in Europe, in South America, in Antarctica, in Asia, or Australia. So you're basically just saying anywhere. 
Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't have a globe in front of me. Yeah, I think you got it all. Okay, well, that sounds good then. I'm, so, I'm sure somebody else else that you didn't. But MyFantasyLeague.com. Can't send those guys enough people. There. Anytime anybody asks me on Twitter, I'm like, yeah, go to MyFantasyLeague.com. Then Jeff, one of the guys over there, he always, thanks, Rich. I'm like, no, 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 buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're a very handsome fellow. Uh, so the rookie draft, we always believe that the 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 funnest way to play Dynasty is either the, the build your roster is through the draft or through trades. That way it promotes trades because free agency is so slim. It's like, hey, man, I need a tight end. Well, only, only one way you're going to get it. Only one way you're going to get that tight end. If you didn't draft one, you better go trade for one. Reach up a phone. I mean, when we were doing this, we used to have to actually use the phone and call people dial tone because there wasn't even internet invented when we started playing. Man, oh, man. Is that the truth? Not at all. I mean, I used to take my horse and buggy over Matt's house <laughs> and say, listen, stop churning that butter and, tra- and trade me. Otto Graham. Give him to me. <laughs> Give him to me, man. That guy gets kicking points, too. And when you win, now listen, when you win anything, when you win a redraft league, you win anything, it's fun, mm-hmm. you know? But when you have to build your team that way, the satisfaction is oh so sweet. Because it's all you, baby. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's like it's like that movie Ghost when they're, 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 they have their hands around each other and they're building that little pot out of the clay and spinning and they're making it themselves and it good flops everywhere. That's that's your mess. Well, I don't remember that movie. I built a beautiful pot. You're the one with the big clump of clay on the bottom of the ground. <laughs> three-time champion. Uh, uh, yeah. So, it was three times. Around. So the draft <laughs> is extremely important. Now, the counterpoint that is, when you'll see this in fantasy leagues, mostly dynasty leagues, mostly definitely in fresh leagues, a lot of people will overvalue these rookie picks. So don't be afraid if you have a pick and just and just look look at this mock draft where we do and see what point where the cutoff point is of where can I trade this pick for a good player because sometimes these people will I mean you're like hey uh, I have the one two it's for sale oh what do you want for the one two I want Julio Jones what no I'm not giving you Julio Jones for the one two all right give me Adrian no no all right give me Saquon Barkley <laughs> he's the one one what are you talking about. <laughs> Um, so I think sometimes people just are afraid to like, we, we've said this a thousand times where they think I can't trade this pick because I'm going to get the next AJ Green. I'm going to get the next Julio Jones. I'm going to get the next Todd Gurley. And truth be told, there's very few of those play, players in the entire NFL. So don't be afraid if somebody's willing to overpay for that player or that pick and you can get a proven wide receiver one, a proven running back one. I would highly recommend taking that. There's definitely the case to be made. I mean, it, it all depends on obviously, you know, where your team is at, but um, sometimes getting a player is, is better than, than getting a prospect. Absolutely. Now, if you firmly believe in a player you're drafting, like you're like, you know, listen, I've listened to dynasty nerds podcast. I've listened to this other podcast. I've read this article, that article. And I heard Mel Kuyper talk about this guy. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Then take your guy. You know? And be happy. I mean, because then you'll you'll you know you're gonna have an emotional attachment to the guy, and, and you know you're gonna be rooting for him, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun. You know, that's say, what that's what this is all about. And I say that all the time. Like I've you know I've literally had Drew Brees on my roster for his entire career. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. I've literally watched him come out of Purdue and be on my roster and follow every snap of his career. And I love the guy. He's my favorite. I I love Ladain Thompson. I had him his entire career. You know, Reggie Wayne, I had most of his entire career. I like right. those guys. So you do. You grow those attachments to the, like those players on your team when you watch them and develop them. And when you took them, and definitely when you take them, like, you know, when you take Saquon Barkley, like everybody thought he was going to be good. But when you take your guy in the eighth or ninth, like when I took Rob Gronkowski late or, you know, Stefan Diggs later, and those right. are your guys and you believe in them and they turn out to be right, you're like, yeah, you're walking around with a little bravado with your chest pumped out a little bit more, and you're like, look at me. Right, like when I took Devontae Freeman, and he helped me win multiple championships in a row. Yeah. At the end of the first round. Puff the chest. Exactly, boom. Come on, Puffy. Exactly. Ooh, looking luscious. Yeah, yeah. Sexy. Exactly. So it's, it's a great feeling. Yes, it and is. And again, don't be afraid. So we're going off our rankings. Now, we always say for your draft as well, take the best player available. Well, Rich, I have a huge hole here. But meanwhile... This guy's ranked five spots down than the better player. You always take the best player because, listen, you can trade the player you're going to draft for a better player than you would have drafted. You know, so say you really need a receiver really bad and you're sitting at one four and you take a guy like Darius Geis or say Sony Michelle's there because Darius Geis is going to in every other league. I don't know why, but he's going there. 
And you draft Sonny Michelle, and I made bold predictions on my Twitter handle last week. Sure. Uh, one of those bold predictions was Sonny Michelle will be a running back one this year. Whoa. And he turns into a running back one. Well, now all of a sudden, instead of taking a guy like, say you took you know DJ Moore, you're, you want to reach and take DJ Moore. You love Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Now you can flip Sonny Michelle for a better receiver than, now Grant, we can't predict the future on them as well, but at least a more up-to-date, a more up-to-speed receiver. A more proven guy ready to, to hit hit the ground running and and really give your team a jolt there at the position. And it, it depends how a player like it does. If Sonny Michelle, say he finishes running back eight, right? Just comes out the gate, gets all those mic the reason I think Sonny Michelle is going to do really well is I think he's going to get a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. I think he's going to get double-digit touchdowns year one. People are like, oh, what about Rex and all these? Listen, I'm a Sony truther. I think he's going to get the touchdowns. I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns, possibly. If I had to predict, if you told me right now, bust out the balls, and where's what, what number he's going to get, I'm going to go unlucky. I'm going to go with unlucky number 13 touchdowns for Sony Michelle rookie year. Boom, out the gates, rookie running back one. For, now, the, for the record, I'm, I'm never going to ask you to bust out the balls. Okay, well, don't be be me. All right. Um, so, you know, now all of a sudden I'm sitting here on this player, right, that I took at 1-4, and player B over here and say, hey, dude, give me Sony Michelle and your first next year. I'll give you Devontae Adams. Holefield, yep. I got a top five dynasty wide receiver. This guy who's going to be drafted ahead of them. That's the way it always works out, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you always take best player available. Don't be afraid to take your guy, though, as well. If you firmly believe, you know, like we believe that Cortland Sutton's one of these top receivers in this draft, and everybody else is saying just because of the draft, he didn't go in the first round, and it was Calvin Ridley, and it was uh, DJ Moore Moore ahead of him, Mm -hmm. and you believe that he long-term is your best answer, take your guy. Take him. Absolutely. It's not like he fell to the fourth round. It was the eighth pick in the second round. Absolutely. Still the third receiver off the board. Yep. So don't be afraid to take your guy. Same thing with these running backs. You know, I sit here and I've been saying, I don't think you should take Darius Geist number two. I think it's silly. I think it's not very smart for your long-term dynasty aspects. Again, it's not prospects. I don't think it's, it's he's a bad player, and we'll see where he goes in this draft. But I just think for fantasy production, I think you're better off elsewhere. But if that's your guy, take your guy. Listen, I'll tell you you're wrong down the road anyways. It doesn't really matter to me. I do it all the time. You do it all the time. All the time. Yep, to all your Derrick Henry owners, to all your Smaj J. Ryan owners, same thing. I'm, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm always right, so it doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, but before we get into this mock draft real quick, one news and note that came out today out of training camp. Uh, Beat reporter in San Francisco put on Twitter mm-hmm. here not too long ago. He go, okay. He's like, listen, if I played fantasy football, I would highly recommend taking uh, Jarek McKinnon very high. He caught a lot of balls in practice today. Now, remember, last year that Carlos Hyde, he caught more footballs than he's ever caught in his entire career. I think he caught literally more last year than he had his entire career. Well, I, and, I mean, I, I, yeah, he he definitely did, but um, I think Devontae Freeman is really who you have to comp. And which is 73 footballs, 73 I thought. footballs was the most. most. Yeah, it was he the caught, most that he caught in a year. Which is a crap load, right? Absolutely. So, no, no team in the NFL threw to the running back more in the NFL last year besides the Saints than San Francisco. So look for Jerry McKinnon, who I've been preaching forever that I'm a, I'm a believer in. I, and I put my money where my mouth is. I was trying to acquire this guy. I give him a first and a second in the league that you and I are in right. for Jarek McKinnon. I would still recommend doing that trade today. You know, if you can give up anywhere, you know, if you, again, if you have a top five pick, I'm not saying going up a first and a second, but if you didn't have, say you already had your rookie draft, give up your first and second next year mm-hmm. for Jarek McKinnon. If you haven't had your rookie pick, and I'd say you're anywhere from pick five down, give up your first and second next year. You might be able to get him for one five. Honestly, people might right. Know that. No, yeah, you might be. Able He's only twenty five. Yep. They paid him big time money. Highly recommend getting married. Getting recommend getting Jerry McKinnon. To me, I think he's a lock running back one. You? I'm I'm with you, man. I really I yes, he's got a great opportunity there in, in the Kyle Shanahan offense there in San Francisco. He's going to catch a ton of balls. He could be a top three fantasy running back. I mean, yeah, absolutely. If Devontae Freeman can do it there and, and be like basically the running back one for a year, there's no reason that Jared McKinnon couldn't. Excuse Matt why he dies. Excuse me. Oh, you're back. do the same thing. Oh, resurrection. Right? Hello, Jesus. And I'm back. So, um, that being said, that's all the only news and notes that really came out there. I mean, Christian Hackenberg got traded today for uh, a seventh, but I mean, he's never going to make the roster. No, he still, he still plays football. Yeah, he's a hack. Yeah, he's bad. Send him back to the Berg. If you got him in your super flex, you can give him the boot. Yes, you can. Right? 
Um, and I know some people are talking about uh, Superflex and wants to do a Superflex mock as well. Uh, I think we're gonna, we'll probably hit it up on that in the summer as well, our Superflex rankings. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. No doubt uh, about it. We are building a new ranking system, period. We will have, just let people know in this new ranking system, we will have Superflex rankings, regular rankings, standard rankings, PPR rankings, and we might even have IDP rankings. What? Yeah, DynastyNerds.com is going to be sexy as hell. Ooh. <sighs> Nipples are going to be so hard. True story. I can't, I can't wait. Um, so let's get into this, shall we? Let's do it, man. I think so, I've only got a few more minutes until my voice just falls off. All right. So with the one one, Matt, you are on the clock. With the one one, I'm going to make it uh, pretty simple here. Obviously, Saquon Barkley. Wow, my socks have officially been blown off. Pretty consensus right there. So <laughs> you won't- you know, second pick overall in the draft, six foot, two hundred thirty three pound monster who runs a four four. Yeah, and, and again, he's my Ladane. He's a Ladane Tomlinson comp for me. And get, this is we don't spend a lot of time on it, but just because he's going to be one one any format, super flex, non super flex, uh, you know, doesn't really matter. Yep. Last yeah. year, would he gone one one? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So again, like Matt said, everything about him is size, is speed, is explosive, explosiveness. And I've said this many times. I don't think it's going to be his overall running ability that really makes him an elite fantasy running back. I think it's going to be his pass catching ability that really puts him into that upper echelon. Same thing, like you know, with these guys like Ladane Tomlinson. Same thing that pushed you know Todd Gurley into that very unique tier of fantasy points he scored last year, which was his catching ability right. last year. Yep. Um, same reason we're talking about Jarek McKinnon, the way he's going to possibly be a top three running back. Same reason why you know. Danny Woodhead was a top three fantasy running back was strictly on pass catching ability. So you take Saquon Barkley's pass catching ability and everything's going to be open up for him and the short screens and right behind the line of scrimmage with Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard and uh, Odell Beckham. Things will be open up for him. I think it's going to be a huge asset for him to catch 800 receiving yards. I don't think it's going to be a big, big deal for him. No, I don't either. And, yeah. and you know, like what, how, do, how would you view him in a standard league, non-PPR? I th- again, I still think he's very high because the amount of receiving yards he will get. I don't even think it's going to have to be he's talented enough, he's explosive enough, and the athleticism is there enough where just the 800 receiving yards on top of the 1,200 rushing yards. I was going to say, he's going to be like an 1,800 to 2,000 yard back, like combined, you know, uh, passing and rushing. So, I mean, you can't receiving put a price on that. That's right. elite territory. That's elite territory for a long time coming as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's why he's so high. That's why you're seeing him. You don't see many rookies in with ADP, first-round ADP startup value right out the gates. You, right. No. To be honest with you, you never see that, ever. Like, when I say never, literally never. I mean, occasionally the rookie fever kicks in and, and can get it, can bump a guy into the first round. Or, I swear I thought close, someone like DLF but, put a tweet out there maybe a couple months ago, and they said, I think I think they said Barkley was like the first out the gate. Cause wow, even, really? if you, even like Zeke was like, you know, 13, 14, right around there. I was going to say, I knew, I knew that Zeke was pretty close because his hype train was pretty you real. Yeah, imagine too. that was back to with like the, the where the receivers were all going off high and then some, there were still a couple other running backs ahead yeah, of them sure. there. So, yeah, I mean, Barkley's a special talent. At the same time, see what you can get. Right. You know? I traded him. I got I got Mike Kosicki, Sony Michelle, and Christian McCaffrey for him. So, you have a dab a do to me. And I'm happy with that. Jackpot. Like, extremely right. happy with that. So, if you have one, one, don't be afraid. To put it out there, but make sure you kind of get a little overpay for it because the ceilings are high. You could be trading the one-one running back. You could be trading away Todd Gurley, and look where he's going. Straight to championships. Hell yeah! So number two, I'm on the clock here, and I've had the number two pick in a couple leagues where I've traded for it. I've had it, and I put my money where my mouth is, and I've taken Sony Michelle in every single league. Booyah! Yeah. I'm a big fan of this guy. You know, Sonny Michelle out of Georgia gets drafted by the Patriots in the first round of the NFL draft. And I don't want to hear all this nonsense where people are like, oh, well, he's in New England. You can't trust New England backs. You can't do this. Okay. Well, you know, you can't draft what? You can't draft quarterbacks that are out of North Dakota because they've never been good besides Carson Wentz. I mean, come on. You know, I don't care about the pa- – I hate I hate when people use that stat. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can't take him. He went to school here. Or you can't do that. He went, He did this. I'm not worried about that. I'm looking at situation – opportunity, system, player, where they were drafted. The New England Pacers spent a first-round pick Absolutely. on Sony Michelle. For a team that values draft picks very much and uses, tries to use them very wisely, that's a good spot for him. To me, this is a guy, again, he finished Georgia third all-time in rushing, 
You know, he's is an in between the tackles runner, so I'm not really worried about the cast ability that the old Rex Burkhead might come into effect or James White comes into effect in that category. Sony can catch the ball, but those don't worry me. He's going to be their in between, you know, their in between tackles runner. Right? Why has Legarrette Blunt been such a fancy darling these last couple of years? He scores a million touchdowns. Yeah. So now, guess who's going to score all these touchdowns? Who's going to move the sticks? It's going to be Sony Michelle. I love Sony. I love Sony Michelle before the NFL draft. He was my number two overall player before the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And when everybody else is out here screaming Darius Geis, I'm screaming Sony, <laughs> Sony. And some people are like, "There, I like, I like, uh, I like Mitsubishi." And I'm like, "I'm a Sony guy. I'm a Sony guy." Give Bravia. Me Not really, Bravia. No, no. TVs weren't that great. No. I bought one. It wasn't that great. It was okay. I don't know what TV I have now. I have like four of them. They're all different. All right. Fabulous. So me, Sony is my guy. I love the situation. I really do. You have Tom Brady there. You have Gronk there. You have tons of receiving weapons out there. You know, you got Jordan Matthews out there. You got Gronk out there. You got Chris Hogan out there. I think Chris Hogan's a very underrated fantasy player right now. Definitely is. Julian Edelman's back in Julian Edelman's back. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can Chris Hogan for pennies on a dollar, I'm buying Chris Hogan for pennies on a dollar because he's their deep threat. He's their go-to deep threat. Definitely is. And Tom can throw the ball deep, baby. Ooh. So things are going to be open for the running game there as well. I, if he can get utilized in that passing game, if they can put him there, if he can somehow come into that three-down back in New England, I'd love him even more. I think he's going to be a running back one this year. I think he's going to rush for 1,000 yards, maybe 1,100 yards, somewhere around there, maybe his rookie year. Could be a little bit more, but I do think he's going to have around 13 touchdowns. I really do. Um, maybe comes away with like 35 catches for 250 yards, somewhere around there. I don't know. Sure. Something along those lines yeah. um, that gives him a boost. I think he's going to be a great asset. I most Listen, I understand he's not going two in a lot of leagues. To me, that's silly. And if you had to one two, you'd make the exact same pick. I definitely would. Yeah. Why would that's, you make the take him number two? Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of the same reasons you already outlined, man. I, I don't know if my voice can really lay down the exact same stuff that you already said. So fair enough. We we got to keep you in the game for another ten picks, so yep. we don't need you over over uh, talk. I I can do the talking for most of us. I talk all the time, anyways. I appreciate it, man. Most people pull on the podcast tag saying, "Why don't you let Matt talk more?" And I go, "Listen, do you want to win or not?" Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is about you. It's clear as that. Yeah. So, so Sony Michelle, we're in agreement here. We are isn't a one-two. We're in lockstep um, that he's he's the second overall prospect in this. And for the most part, when you and I both agree on something, it's a pretty strong hit rate. It is a pretty good hit rate. You're right. So I mean, again, and this is, what, what's great about podcasting for four years now hmm. is everything we say is documented. Boom. So you can go look back at all the other podcasts and go back and listen to our rookie drafts and our rankings and see where we take players and where they end up and where other people take players and they end up. Again, this is a good draft for running backs, so there's a lot more juice coming with the squeeze. Mm. And you're on a clock, Matthew, with the third pick in the draft. Speaking of juice and squeeze, um, I'm going to take Rashad Penny. Love it. <laughs> so um, a lot of people are shying away or they're having a hard time picking between you know Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Darius guys. But for me, um, and I think for you as well, Rashad Penny, obviously he's, he's running into a pretty good situation there. Seattle wants to run the ball. They took him in the first round, another another you know like big time program that took a guy in the first round. Um, that but they haven't been getting the production for the past few years that that they're really looking for. And Rashad Penny adds the extra value of being able to catch the ball nicely. He can be a three down guy. They they kind of in the past have had a thumper and a guy that caught passes. Um, but it seems like now they're kind of getting a three down back that they don't necessarily have to switch out on third down. And, and people can't, you know, change up their defense when a guy comes in. So the, it makes him a little bit more multiple on offense. And and Rashad Penny, man, um, you know, he hasn't. It's not like he's put up. He's not not done like crazy receptions where he's been like forty receptions in a year or anything like that. But he's gotten better every single year. Uh, eight, eight, and then fifteen, and then eighteen this past year. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. And, and he looks natural doing it. Um, which is really the more important thing in, in what my you, eyes. It's what you always hone in on, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's a guy that literally led the nation in rushing last year, over 2,000 yards, um, seven and a, um, almost 7.5 yards per carry average last year. So uh, he's a playmaker. He's a big-time three-down back in my eyes, and, and I think obviously in Seattle's eyes, which is, is really more important in to me, is the way that they view him. 
because that's you know obviously going to determine how they use him. Yeah, I like when we do always do our pre-draft rankings, and I love when the NFL draft actually comes in and validates what we said. You know, like right. when I, we, you know, I was sitting there pushing Karrion Johnson. I know you weren't, but I was pushing Karrion Johnson pretty hard. Uh, John, the Detroit Lions trade up for Karrion Johnson. He goes pretty high in the NFL draft. I said before the NFL draft, I was like, you know what? I think we'll put Rashad Penny ahead of Darius Geis. Right. And, you know, most people wouldn't have done that there. Definitely at the time, just because of him coming out of San Diego State, you know, down, down Al Pumphrey, rushing for 2,000 yards a year before. But I said, after overall looking at the tape and everything, and the potential pass catch ability, I really liked Penny a lot. So I moved him ahead of, before the draft, I had my rankings as Barkley, Michelle, and Penny. After the NFL draft, none of that changed. I agree with you 100%. You know, he's a second running back off the board. He's taken in the first round. This is a team they have Doug Baldwin, nobody else, essentially. Their starting tight end is Nick Finette. Not a lot going on in the passing game. A team that already likes to run the ball a lot as well. You're bringing a guy who led the nation in running back. You said the pass catching ability is there. Might not be a strong suit, but still it's, it's an opportunity for growth. Tons of running back comes in that don't have that opportunity right. in college. Guy has excellent vision. Reminds me a lot of Kareem Hunt in a way. He, he led the nation in missed tackles with 80. He only lost two fumbles out of 327 touches. I mean, he had three fumbles, but he only lost two of them out of 327 touches, so he doesn't lose the football. Elusive, tough, uh, good vision. What's not to like about this guy? If you took, like, if you took Geis at two, I'd have kind of a problem with that. And people have told me, hey, here's my draft. What do you think? And they're like, I had the two pick, and they took Geis. I'm like, I, I don't like it. I hate it. Right. Yeah. That's I. It's not like I don't like it. I literally hate it. You know. I would never. Out of a million drafts, that would never happen for me. I'd be okay with flip flopping Michelle and Penny. You know, right. Along those you, lines. Right. Because you could end up getting similar production on either one of those guys. To be honest. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. So, for me, Penny here too. It, to me, it's a tier. You got Squam Barkley at one. Then you got, dear uh, Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny at two and three. That's a tier for me. So tier one. I, I mean, I literally two. have them highlighted in a different color. They're they're in a different tier for me. It sounds well. like if either they're a different tier or you're a racist. <coughs> I'm not a racist. Okay, so. well, I guess they're in a different tier. Yeah. So that would put me in a clock at one four. Now I sit here and I'm in a conundrum because I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Who do I take here? Do you know, Royce Freeman's on the board. Denver's already putting him in a running back one package. There's already talking. They're talking about using him as a three down back and utilizing his pass catching ability. I know he's got a lot of tread on the tires, but listen, people run race cars ride around the racetrack and they got no tread on the tires. None. So and they still run races and they go fast. Bald tires. Yeah, big fat bald tires. It's like my grandpa. So for me, I'm sitting there going, you know, I could take a pass catcher running back. I could take a guy like Nick Chubb, who's a third running back, uh fourth running back taken off the board, who's gonna be, you know, probably not a strong suit this year, but next year this guy could be the man. Right. You know? Uh but I went ahead, I took Darius Geis here. Now, you know, you can sit here and be like, oh, Rich, I thought, you know, you know, this and that, you know, different tiers. But now you're taking Darius Geis at number four. I'm taking him with the opportunity of being Marshawn Lynch, you know, being that guy. To be be a 15 heart, you know, 1,200 to 15 yard, uh, 1,500 yard rusher and getting eight to 12 touchdowns. That's my optimal point for him to be. A quality starter, because I'm. And so, that's and that's what you're hoping for when you take him. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for because he he's a mean, powerful runner. But I've seen mean, powerful runners come in the NFL all the time, and again, they help their NFL team, but they're not that dynasty running back or fantasy running back that you love. You know, can he be a solid running back too? You know, high end running back too, uh, middle of the road running back too. Yeah, and that's fine. And those guys are great. They're fantastic. But I'm sitting here in this draft. I am looking for, in the fourth pick in the draft, I'm looking for somebody more than that. I need a running back one. I don't need a running back two. You know, If I want a running back two, I, I could draft Naheem Hines in the second. He has a potential to be a running back two. You know, I need more than that. So this is, again, this is where we get to the point of saying, taking him at two to me is silly. Definitely when the head coach comes out and they have a guy like Chris Thompson. I know Chris Thompson's like 28 years old, I think, too, so he's a little bit. He's 27, you know, 28 years old. Yeah. yeah. So for me, but when the head coach comes out and saying, we don't need this guy to be a third down back. We don't care about his pass catch ability. We know he struggled with some of that in college and pass protection, uh, even more so in college with the pass protector worried about because we have Chris Thompson. He's not going to be in on that. And the head coach comes out and says that right out the gate. That concerns me because that's a lot of fancy points that are literally getting wiped off the chalkboard. All right. I need those fancy points because 
we play this to win. I want to win my championship. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm sitting here in the fourth slot. And if I didn't trade for this pick, I'm the fourth worst team in my league. Right. And the I mean, and, and the counterpoint to that is Chris Thompson is very injury prone. Like when was the last time that guy actually played a full season? True. And and that's the counterpoint. And that's what people bring up um, that are taking him at two. But for me, that's too much if, you know, you're, you're to reaching. take him at two. I hate when people reach on stuff like that. <clears throat> Right, you know? you're you're just trying to you're trying to justify your pick at that point. Like you just wanted to take Darius guys to just take him. You don't need to justify it with with stuff like Chris Thompson's going to get injured. Which I mean, has he gone through a full year without getting injured? I would have to look. I mean, it seems like he's been injured pretty much every single year. Um, so I mean, it's a valid, I guess, valid point from from one perspective. But I, can I, w- on, I, I just go on the counterpoint of that of a whole list of running backs that get hurt all the time. Right, it's, it's a violent sport. A lot of people get injured. Um, Le'Veon Bell misses two games a year. Right, so um, I I would just feel a lot more comfortable taking taking Darius Geis at four, and 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 hoping that he turns out to be that Marshawn Lynch guy that and and maybe that he develops some of that third down stuff down the road a little bit. Yeah, and I take him here at four. And I, I'm okay with it, but I'm honestly I don't love it. Yeah, you know I know this is this is where we mentioned earlier. But like, where can I? To me, I see other owners foaming at the mouth here for Darius Geis. If it played out the way I, most drafts aren't going to play out the way we played it. I mean, no. realistic for the most ones I've seen, people are going to take Darius Geis either two or three, right? Yep. Say it does play out the way we played it because people listen to podcasts or they think like us and they're very savvy and good looking and funny. <laughs> And hot wives. <laughs> right. And great children. And good jobs. Yeah, okay. Charisma? We definitely have a check. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Um, so you're sitting here at four. I would, again, I would much rather auction this pick off to either A, get a proven player, B, move down a little bit, anywhere, like literally anywhere here in the first round, and pick up a second round pick if right, I can. Right. Because, again, I don't see the, the point. There, I'm not saying talent. This has nothing to do with talent. I think Darius Geis is a talented running back. But when I'm talking about fancy point production, I again, I don't think one of these guys, somebody's going to be a bust in here anyways, regardless. But I think if we're going to sit here and project, I'm going to project, well, how much differential is the fantasy production going to be from Karrion Johnson, Royce Freeman, you know, or maybe I can get a receiver and I can get a Cortland right. sign, Calvin Ridley, TJ Moore. What's going on there? So... And, and come see- back and get another guy in the second round, Naheem Hines, like you, you had mentioned earlier. Something yeah. Like that. Yep. Something along those lines where that's what I would like to do. And, may- and maybe you can just move down to six and get Kerryon Johnson or Royce Freeman, and you can pick up maybe a next year second because they don't want to give up their second this year because it's a high second. So, hey, I'll give you um, I'll give you six my second next year if you give me four. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. I'd be down with that because – Honestly, for the next tier, I have them all in the same tier for me personally. So I take Darius Geis. Don't love it. Don't hate it. But now I'm hoping. You know what I mean? You're hoping for everybody, but now right. I'm hoping. I'm like, okay, where where am I going to get these fantasy points? It looks like I'm going to be touchdown dependent. Because, again, if he, score, if he rushes for 100 yards, it's only 10 points. That's not enough for me. No, absolutely. That's a big point. That's what you got to remember. A good game in the NFL for a running back, if they're getting 100 yards a game, that's 1,600 yards. That's good. But over the long term, you're getting 10 points a game out of your runner. It's not really fantastic. That's not over. I mean, that's not horrible, but you're not winning any championships with just 10 points a week from your running back. If you have two running backs right. doing it. Absolutely. So you're on the clock here at number five. Who are you looking at? At number five, I am going to go with the probably long-term view here a little bit at the running back position and, and pick Nick Chubb. Um, and the reason I say that is obviously, you know, they got Carlos Hyde there ahead of him and Duke Johnson also ahead of him. But he he was a high – I mean, he was the 35th pick in the draft. So I mean, this is a guy that they value, they like. Um, and it's not like they can't get out from underneath Hyde's contract. After this year, so oh, I mean, hides yeah hides here for most likely just this year, and and so Nick Chubb Nick Chubb Nick Chubb's true value will be you know year two three four five and beyond. Um, very high draft pick. Very high draft pick. So they're they're making they're making a nice little commitment to Nick Chubb, and I like his ability in between the tackles. It's not like he he 
totally he can't catch the ball either. Um, he was a guy like early on in his career he caught he caught a lot of balls, and then some of that went to Sony Michelle, so his kind of tapered off, and then even Sony Michelle got his tapered away to another running back. So they kind of moved moved uh, the the pass catching role down the line, and so Nick Chubb didn't catch a lot of passes later on in his career, but he's capable. He's fully capable of doing it. He's on a team that's on the up. You know, two of the highest paid guards in the NFL, and. <laughs> He's got a, you know average six point two yards per carry. Leaves Georgia as a second all time leading rusher behind Herschel Walker. Smooth runner, runs low. Again, they have enough offensive weapons on there to keep things you know pretty much respected for him there, where they don't have to stack the box against him. And if the team can move the ball, can be in some good touchdown ability. Will be the touchdown running back there too. So an opportunity not maybe this year, but next year to score double digit touchdowns. Definitely the Browns rise like everybody thinks they're going to rise. So for me where he might be the least productive this year out of all the running backs we're going to take in the first round. I think the long-term play, it, it, he has a possibility to be the second, third running back in this whole entire draft class. And the patience might be the key here. And picking here, you know, some people might not have that patience. But, again, it doesn't hurt to be in a two-year rebuild where you take Nick Chubb, you struggle a little bit more again this year, you know, the high pick again next year, you feel another big hole, and then all of a sudden you're competing right. out the gates. I mean, and don't forget that Nick Chubb, you know, pre-knee injury was being talked about as the next stud running back to come around. So, I mean, I, I do think that he's gained a lot of the explosion back. I mean, you could see that from some of his combine numbers. I mean, 30, 38.5-inch vertical, 128-inch broad jump, and, and, you know, a respectable 40 and, and pretty good cone drills and stuff like that, too. So... And he, he's fully removed now, too, from yeah, the injury. I feel like and Remember, he didn't tear his ACL. He tore his PCL. He tore um, everything else. Everything except but his ACL. Everything but his ACL. So um, it, it's one of those things where I, I think he's I think he's back now, you know what I mean, uh, to pre-injury form. If you're in a league where – okay, so I would say here, right around number five, is where if you're really good at running back, this is where I think it starts to be okay to start taking a receiver that you like as well. Yep. Um, we're going to this like, just in a vacuum where we take a guy, but I think right here at five, I'm just saying like, you know, you, you say you have two, re- three good young running backs. Mm-hmm. I have no problem taking Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore or Ridley here. If you, the, you know, one of those is your guy, right? I have no problem with that whatsoever. Do you? No, that's, that's actually right where I have these guys ranked. Okay. They're coming up here, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So I'm on the clock here at number six. And again, I'm looking at it in a vacuum. I'm looking at it where, you know, who do I take here? Do I take the receiver here? Do I take the running back? If I do take a running back, which running back do I have? And I always look back where, okay, I anytime I have a chance to get a start in running back, I have to take that opportunity because they're worth their weight in gold. And you can get a really good return for a good quality running back. You can get... You know, if you definitely if you could take that young quality running back and you could throw in a first round pick, a lot of times you can get a young, really good receiver. Absolutely, for most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So here at number six, I'm contemplating me between Karrion Johnson and Royce Freeman, and I feel like I would flip flop on this pretty much most of the time. Today, I would take Royce Freeman. You know, I don't know if it's because I'm reading recent reports that he's already getting first team reps. John Elway saying, "Listen, we need a bell cow running back." You're going to be that bell cow running back. Uh, he can catch the football. He's he's pretty solid just about everything he does. Not overly spectacular. Uh, knows how to. He's he's a quality. He's a well-rounded back. Is is how I would I would uh, you know say that you know, describe him. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that rushed for 122 yards in every game where he had at least 15 touches. The talent is there. Uh, if he would have came out a year early out of Oregon, he would have been a high pick again. So opportunity, draft placement, mm-hmm. system, talent around him, I I would today take Royce Freeman. But for me, it's Royce Freeman carrying Johnson neck and neck, man. Like it's I think and I think the edge right now is I, I see more immediate impact in the passing game coming from Royce Freeman than I do say more so with Karrion Johnson. I know it's dynasty. I know it's long term. When I look at the running backs, I'm always thinking hashtag two to three year window, right? No, so and that makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking out the gate. Where am I getting that right gate? Out the gates. 
you know, is Amir Abdullah going to get cut? Probably, but you still have Theo Riddick there, who's a very quality pass catcher running back. And I think Theo Riddick's almost 30. So I don't know how much longer, you know, again, those kind of running backs can play to 33, but that's that's a hinder there. They do have LeGarrette Blunt. Does that hinder? Is that going to take away a little bit of Karen Johnson's touchdowns if LeGarrette makes the roster at all? But if he does, that's going to hinder some of that goal line carries out the gates for him. And I like, I do like Karen Johnson's pass catching ability. And I think if I had to look down, if you had a if you had a gun to my head and you said who's going to be the better overall running back long term, I would probably lean Karrion Johnson. But today I'm taking Roy Streeman because I want that instant fantasy production. Here I'm at pick six, so I just missed the playoffs last year. Just missed it. I'm taking a running back here. Hopefully, you know I can put him in my flex spot or I can put him in my starting lineup here, and he's going to be the edge that I'm looking for to get me to where I need. He will be the goal line running back there in Denver. Hopefully, Case Keenan can move the ball. They have some good quality receivers there, and Damaris Thomas and Case and Manny Sanders with some good ones right behind them in Young and Deshaun Hamilton, uh, Corlin Sutton. And Corlin Sutton. Yep. So for me at one six today, I'm taking Roy Streeman. Do you like it or do you hate it? Um, I don't know that I love it. I think that's a little bit early for him in my eyes. Um, not like a ton. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like laugh at you and 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 point my finger if okay. you made that pick you know what i mean okay. uh <laughs> well, i'm not breaking any fingers today excuse me um so yeah it, it's just a little bit early i think probably two or three picks early for me but, which is a lot and i i could see that i could easily see in royce freeman go number nine here but i'm looking at it again as a vacuum right and for me i just feel like i'm taking a running back here with a, with a lot of running backs already off the board um, in my eyes, the better value is who I'm going to take here at number seven, which is Cortland Sutton. So I would much rather, in my eyes, get my number one wide receiver than the, the number six. than the number six running back. And, and yes, Cortland Sutton's going to take a little bit of time also to develop. So both these guys go to the Broncos, or, or actually not both these guys going to the Broncos are going to take some time, but um, Cortland Sutton is going to take some time. Both the wide receivers that, that went there are going to take a little bit of time to develop. Um, but I love I love the guy's size. He's got prototypical size. His catch radius is ridiculous. He moves really well for a guy that's six foot three. I mean, the, he had the fat, like one of the fastest cone, uh, three-cone drills at the combine. Um, and, uh, I mean, blocks some well. of the blocks well, the highlight reel catches, the one-handed stuff – the just the overall consistency of his hands, his ability to make little shifty moves in the open field, a la Demarius Thomas, who who doesn't really juke people out, but is quick enough and just makes little subtle adjustments to his big frame that make people miss. And and it, you know, it's the little things like that that he comps in my eyes really well to Demarius Thomas, and I and I think he's going to be able to kind of ease right into that role because obviously Demarius Thomas. And Emmanuel Sanders are are not long for the roster. I yeah, mean, they're, they're just there they're just there, making sure. too much money. They're too old. Um, so Cortland Sutton's time to shine will be a, another guy that I'm I'm picking two picks in a row here. That that you know it's going to be their time to shine is going to be next year, um, 2019. 2019 for sure. Yeah, you know Demaris Thomas is a good comp. Alshon Jeffrey is a good comp for the way Sutton <laughs> plays. And it, again, if I had number six and I need a receiver at all, I'm definitely taking. You know, the right, receiver here right. for sure over Royce Freeman. It's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like if I'm going to a blind, like going here back and forth, I feel like everybody needs running back help always. It's, that's the way I go into it feeling like I need a running back. I need a running back. I need that number two. And even if you have two quality running backs, most people, if you have two good running backs, you need that third running back. You know, no, I, I, so I, I agree. That's I just, the way I go into it. Thinking I'm, about I'm it. going straight up better prospect, and I think Cortland, Cortland yeah. Sutton's a better prospect. And I think you're probably right. That's why I don't hate the pick here. Like, yeah. you're probably right. Like, me taking Roy Freeman as sick is probably you're a little too high where I should go. It could be a huge pick that, that pays off big time, though, as well, the Royce Freeman one. So I, that's why I don't hate that either. So it, it it's hard. I mean, these, these picks, um, anywhere from – in my eyes, it's a little clearer. I, I think anything beyond like eight is where it starts getting murky for me. So, I mean, I I have six, seven, eight kind of locked in a little bit more, but um, and that's why I thought in my eyes Royce Freeman would be down a few more picks. Um, but nine to like fifteen is almost 
anyone you really want there. You know what I mean? It, yeah. could, it could be it's like a smorgasbord. We don't of, even of, have James Washington in the first round of this draft, right? But and he could sneak into first rounds. He could rounds. be yeah. a first round probably just because the pack, he, fact that he went to Pittsburgh. People are going to move him down. This is a guy we had in the first round forever, and we're. This could be, right. when we look back on it, we could be like, you know what? We really made that mistake. This is a guy that we loved. We had in the first round for months. And all of a sudden he goes to Pittsburgh. We bumped him down a little bit in a great spot. It's like, why would we do that? So, but I understand the long-term play of a receiver is a great thing to have. But it comes hand-in-hand because you need both to win. Right, absolutely. And the, and the difference between James Washington and, like, a Cortland Sutton, in my eyes, is um, Antonio Brown is – the best wide receiver in the game, and he's in his prime. And they just drafted a guy, Juju Smith-Schuster, last year who showed really well. So the opportunity for James Washington might not even be there for another two or three years, where I think Cortland Sutton's guaranteed, more or less guaranteed, that it's going to be one and done with Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I'm not arguing. He'll he'll have a Trust me, I'm taking a receiver ahead of Anthony... Of, of James Washington here. I right. saw a nice play of James Washington and Big Ben today. I just want I just wanted to clarify that for the listener Thanks. listeners what the difference was in our eyes. So I'm back on the clock mm-hmm. and I love your strategy of taking those receivers. And here I am again on the clock at number eight. And I'm taking Karrion Johnson, well, running back for the Detroit Lions out of Auburn. This is a guy I know he had a lot of injury injuries going back in the day, but to me, I've been preaching for months now that I believe can be a three down running back. He could pass protect. He 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 runs very well. He shows very good patience behind the line. Plays in a dome. Playing on a team that has a good quarterback. Uh, playing on a team that, you know, the receivers are okay. Right. You know, for now, I don't know about long term, but Marvin Jones was a wide receiver one last year. Golden Tate's caught 90 footballs three years and four years in a row. So he's somebody that's going to come in. He's going to come in and be the guy. Remember, they traded up for Karrion Johnson. We made this case for running backs last year. Anytime a team trades up for a running back pretty high, He's the guy. Yep. That's commitment. That you know, they're giving commitment. up assets for this. Remember who we said when the Saints traded up for Alvin Kamara and they gave up a second round pick this year. Mm. They get Alvin Kamara last year. We're like, listen, they love that guy. That's commitment. Same thing with Karrion Johnson here. They like the guy a lot. They they're moved gonna, up for him. They're gonna find ways to use him. Yeah, you know, people are gonna drive like, ooh, they're gonna take Terrence Guy to trade up. No, 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 no. It's my guy. Air, you know, Karrion Johnson. Good, nice, long strides. Make those quick decisions. Solid balance. Uh, you know, runs a little upright, but I'm okay with that. And for me, I I love the opportunity here. You know, and you know, I mentioned some early questions earlier about you know the Garrett Blunt and the pass catching ability. But if he can secure that role. And he comes out, and he could play well. If he plays well enough, he'll be a three-down back. It doesn't matter right. who, how good Theo Rick's been in fantasy football or how good LeGarrette Blunt's been in New England. He'll be the guy. Well, I mean, can you envision a world where all three of those guys have some fantasy value this year or is that out of the question? <sighs> no, not It's really. hard, right? That's the thing. That Who gets bumped? And that... be, if, if, they're, if they're all relevant, Karrion Johnson's unrelevant because all of a sudden he's literally just a rusher and Theo's catching the football just to make him slightly relevant. And then obviously LeGarrette Blunt scoring touchdowns. To make touchdowns that's right. all LeGarrette Blunt's going to do right. is be the goal line back then. You know, if he scores 10 touchdowns, then that's how he'll be. You know, you're starting him on a flex by week because you're just hoping he scores a touchdown that week or he scores two. And you're like, you lose. You're like, oh, the one week this guy starts – Garrett Blunt, he scores two touchdowns versus me. It's always me. I'm cursed. But but then but on the flip side of that, you had already mentioned that they did make a commitment. They they traded up for this guy. So what do they have in mind? And that's that's what I'm struggling. I don't think Garrett Blunt makes it out of the training camp. Maybe if he doesn't, he's just a backup guy, and that's what he is. He takes his money. He could just be a reserve goal line type of guy. And for the same reason you took Nick Chubb all the way at five, mm-hmm. is the same exact reason I'm taking Kareem Johnson here all the way down at eight. Because he's going to, I, I think, I think his situation is going to clear itself up by next year as well. Yeah, I, again, I when I say when I watch his patience behind the line, when I watch his tape, mm-hmm. and I, when I came to you, and I was like, dude, you got to watch Karen Johnson right. a little more. I love him, you know, and I didn't say I love him, but I was like, I like him a lot, right? And I came on a podcast. I said, I was like, I like Karen Johnson a lot. I'm giving this guy a significant bump. Right. And I said then, I was like, this is a guy that can sneak into the first round of your rookie draft. And here we are today, kind of like where I started with Cream Hunt in the beginning of the process before. Is kind of where I started with Karrion Johnson. And look where he's going. Same exact spot where we were talking about Kareem Hunt last year. Same guy. You know, literally almost exact same spot. Right. And I think that patience can kind of pay off a little bit. Definitely the way he runs styles. 
I, I will say it. I know it's a crazy comp at, at all, and it, I don't comp the player, but some of his run style reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell, of his vision and his patience behind the line. And I wouldn't say his overall running style. Some of his running style kind of reminds me of a little bit of Jordan Howard. A little I bit. was going to say DeMarco Murray. I think I've said that a You few said time. that before. Yeah, a few times um, on there. He, he, and it just visually it looks the same to me, uh, him him and DeMarco Murray running. Some good fantasy production yeah. for a little while there as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, and with his injury history, maybe he's not a long-term you know, greatness. Maybe he's a true hashtag two- to four-year window guy, two- to three-year window guy. Right. But if he comes out and does what I think he could do, just how you're looking back last year at Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, not like that. I, you never know, obviously. You know, right. Because if we would have known how good Alvin Kamara was and Kareem Hunt were going to be, even though we liked him a lot, and it was a, I mean, last year's draft was pretty sick. They they were going one and two. You know what I mean? It's it's you, people were taking Alvin Kamara over four. Alvin Kamara is going one one in the draft. Right. Last year, he's he has first round startup value this year. So for me, that's why I like Kerryon Johnson here again, and that's why again in a vacuum, I'm taking him over the receivers. I got you. No, I mean I understand it, man. Um. And to me, it's a it's a little bit too much risk to take over the guys that I think are, are more solid prospects. Which I hear br- which brings me to my number nine pick, which I'm very happy um, to make here. Calvin Ridley, love uh, it, wide receiver of the Falcons, um, first round pick, six foot, one hundred and eighty nine pounds, um, ran a, a pretty decent forty four point four three. Some of his other athletic ability didn't profile all that well, but looks looks good and and the more film we watched the more film i particularly watched the more i liked him and and it was one of those things where at first it was kind of like eh, and then i watched and watched and watched and 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 saw you know the great route running ability his ability to just separate and get open and and make nice catches was there and obviously you know the, the falcon situation is one that in my eyes, they haven't solved the number two wide receiver position. Absolutely not. Um, Mohamed Sanu, I think, is best suited to be in a slot, um, a complementary role, and, and Calvin Ridley, I think, will be a nice, um, a nice complement to to Julio there, and eventually he might be able to even take over for him. Again, I would kindly I, here. I would probably take DJ Moore over Calvin Ridley personally. And we were talking about that pre pre-show and i was like you know what do i think i might have this one backwards with the calvin ridley dj moore um just because dj moore profiles athletically so much better than calvin ridley does and and his overall playmaking ability is probably better long long-term security you know they, again he plays in a dome he just locked up the highest-paid NFL quarterback in the history of the game with Matt Ryan there. Right. Julio Jones ain't getting any younger. He's about to be 30 years old, has that foot injury. You know, he, him and him and Julio are going to get along very well. It's not like Julio's going to have to push him away because they're both Alabama boys. So they're going to they're gonna have a nice rapport there so he can help him out and teach him some maybe tricks of the trade there. And with his route run ability, he will be open. He, mm-hmm. he creates separation by himself. I know right. the spark scores not through the roof, but we did. We were both that was something we were both down on a little bit there, and then we both kind of moved up after watching more tape. And I, again, if you take Calvin Ridley and I say take, I would take DJ Moore. It's not like it's it's close enough for me. I don't care. You know right. what I mean? I'm okay with it. You know, it depends. You know, if I had Devin Funchess, then I would take Calvin Ridley. If I had Julio Jones, you know, what I mean, if I'm in that situation, right. I'm not doubling up on the on the receiving core there. And I think again, I think Calvin Ridley's a nice receiver. I think his, I think his upside though, to me personally, is a nice high end wide receiver too. I see that, which as is well. fantastic. Right. Where DJ Moore has a possibility to be a wide receiver one, and that's why I, that's why you know once I looked at it and verbalized it, I was like, I think I have this wrong because DJ Moore just has more upside than than Calvin Ridley. I'm mind. on the clock with the next pick at ten, and I'm taking DJ Moore. So right. we we compare the two here both. And for me, when I do when I look at DJ Moore and I'm looking at athleticism, first receiver off the board, which isn't anything because remember Corey Coleman was the first receiver off the board. Yeah. The first receiver off the board is never always guaranteed to be the best receiver off the board, but. You know, and I know I saw a stat out there before about you know the Panthers have never over targeted 
more than the second receiver. I can't remember the exact stat, but basically they focus on one receiver, and that's the guy. You know, and this you know, is a Devin Funches, which I would have to pick because DJ Moore coming in a rookie out of Maryland. I'm not going to overly say he's the guy. And you got you got you got to compete with that with a Devin Funches, and then you have a Greg Olson there who signed a two year extension, and then of course you also have another electric player and Christian McCaffrey there. And don't forget, they invested pretty high in a second-round pick last year in Curtis Samuels, and I know he had a bad injury, but I just read a report today. He's already back at OTAs yes, and ready is. to go. Yep. So you can't forget that as well. So there, as much as we're jumping on DJ Moore, to me, I've already bumped back up Cortland Sutton like with you, where he's my main guy, because right. DJ Moore, I know he was drafted very high as well, but he has a lot of, he has a lot of competition too, not just from Devin Funches, not – but he also has Christian McCaffrey. You also have Greg Olson. You also have Curtis Samuel coming in, who I'm not going to swipe off the table at all. And then there is Cam Newton as your quarterback who can move the ball as well. And on top of that, they bring in C.J. Anderson who can run the football nicely. A lot of different mouths to feed in that offense. Where Calvin Ridley, it's like, hey, you have Julio Jones. You have Tevin Coleman who's going to be a free agent next year. Right. Then you can bring in Edo Smith. But that, you know what I mean? It's like. Devontae Freeman, right, but... but I'm sitting here saying I'm, I'm making the total counterpoint. We're like, oh, we probably have it wrong. Well, I'm making the total counterpoint. It's like, okay, this is why you should take Calvin Ridley ahead of time. Yeah. But when you're looking at and pure talent-wise, you're right. DJ Moore has the upside. So even though it has that more competition, sometimes we said, I think we said earlier in the podcast, don't worry about that shit. You know, get up out there and get your guy because talent's going to supersede all that because the best guy's going to win out and the best guy's going to get the football. It doesn't matter, you know, how good you got or whatever talent around is. Look at all the talent that was around Alvin Kamara last year. When we're talking about Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson. Talent wins out, and they're going to score the points. So maybe the long-term play here is DJ Moore. Could be. But still a little risky. It's a little risky, man. You might not see that return right away. And we're not going to see it. You know, in most drafts, people are going to follow the NFL board. They're going to take DJ Moore. DJ Moore is likely going to go right around pick six, pick seven. So we're taking him here around right around pick ten. That's us. Yep. But we said earlier, this is a nice little smorgasbord where you can go any way. It really can. Because I'm happy coming away right now with every single guy we talked about. That's there's what not, I mean. That, that, there's from, not one tier here. I'm going. Ugh. Yep. From from here on, it's just like from here till about 15, 16, 17. Yeah. I mean, some people are going to take Ronald Jones, and that's where I'm going to be like, ugh. Yeah. So, but we're not doing that. So, you're on the clock here at pick number 11. Let's get going, buddy. What are you doing here? First tight end off the board, my mm. man, Mike Gesicki. Do those squats. Uh, what? Six foot five, 247. Um, profiled, like his spark score is 150. So, I don't know if anyone out there knows what spark scores are, but that's ridiculous. And... Um, <clears throat> He, I mean, he just he tore up the combine. He he, you know, obviously Penn State didn't feature him a ton, ton in the passing game, so he doesn't have like huge numbers or anything like that. But here's a guy that basically doesn't block. Uh, they used him as a blocker in the run game a little bit as like a lead blocker. Um, but he's going to be a, a split out tight end that really just catches passes. So this is exactly what you want out of your fantasy tight end, a guy that isn't going to line up as a traditional tight end that much. He's going to be flexed out. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be in the game mainly to catch passes because that's how you get fantasy points. And that's what you're looking for, man. And, and this guy, they picked him up early. Adam Gase loves to use a tight end, and he hasn't been able to yet because they just haven't had a good one. They've had, they have had they traded for Julius Thomas. That was like a big-time disaster. You've seen the effort. Yeah, of them they, trying to they, get that position. They want to get it filled, and and they just haven't been able to do it. And and they used a really high second round pick on this guy. And you're on a team full of holes and full of questions. Jarvis Landry, the little safety blank, blank he just left, went out of out of town. And Tannehill is not a downfield passer. He's a guy that that operates, you know, twenty yards and in. And that's really where a tight end can do a lot of damage and really help your fantasy team. So, uh, and, and especially in the red zone. So, you know, they're going to be looking for him. He's going to be the biggest target. He's going to be the guy running all the short routes. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a great marriage. And it's going to be one of those really big time fantasy uh, producing tight end type of positions. I agree. I love it. I really do. I think uh, he has great upside. I love the tight end position here. I think it's really good value. If you want to start reaching into this wide receiver pool, I'm okay with that. But like you mentioned before, eh, you know, I want the sixth best running back. I want the number one receiver. 
you know, I might not want the fifth best receiver. I want the number one tight end. Yep. Um, and this is a guy that could profile as a Jimmy Graham. This guy could profile as an Evan Ingram. This guy could profile as a Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz kind of player where he's going to give you high-end wide receiver two, potentially low-end wide receiver one numbers. Um, depends where the touchdowns come through. Big big weapon, the only other big weapon they have is Devontae Parker. I like this pick here. I'm okay with it completely. Cool, man. I'm on a, I'm on a pick clock here at number 12. Um, this is where it's going to start becoming into, you know, who do you like, right? Because it's going to come down to Michael Gallup. It's going to come down to Anthony Miller. It's going to come down to James Washington. To me, I think those are the guys, for me personally, right. that I'm looking at here. And I think that was, I know you love DJ Chark. DJ Chark and, attack, and I'm and I'm okay with you liking him. <laughs> I would I, I for me personally, Matt, I would think it would be silly to take him over any of the receivers we just mentioned because of not only just the talent you know that these receivers have, but mostly because of opportunity and situations here. So I'm taking out of this group, out of those guys, out of James Washington, out of Michael Gallup, and I know we last week we talked about Michael Gallup and a good case you could make for him right there. I'm going to go ahead and make a strong case here for Anthony Miller out of Memphis, number 12 in the first round of the Chicago Bears. This is a guy that we talked about during when we were watching our tape and doing a scouting process that we bumped up significantly on our boards that we liked a lot. Anthony Miller out of Memphis. You know, he's five foot eleven. This is a guy that had back-to-back years with 95-plus catches and 1,400 yards. Has really big hands, 10-inch hands. That is solid. Grips. Oh, yeah. oh, Those yeah. some solid mitts. Very good vision, good body control. Consistently got open, tracked the ball well. Remember, you watch this tape and you're like, dude, I love the way this guy tracks the football. Oh, I love the way he tracks it. I love I love his hands. I mean, I, there's so much like when you watch Anthony Miller's tape. Yeah, yards after the catch. To me, I'm ecstatic getting, here, getting him here at 12. I would be happy coming away with Michael Gallup as well, too. To me... Even though I like James Washington a lot, to me it comes down to this decision I had to make to between Michael Gallup and Anthony Miller, and I'm and I'm going with Miller here because I I, I have Allen Robinson offset right, so I don't have to worry about a number one cornerback. I have a very good young uh, quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. Right. I have a good tight end in Trey Burton. I got a solid running back. Where Dallas, I like Dak Prescott. I, I think he's a little bit overhyped for me personally. But then you have Alan Hearns there. So people don't have to necessarily, if you start coming up, people don't have to like press Alan Hearns. They can start pressing you out the gates. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that does with your development. Tight end there, got me. No, Jeff Swaim. I don't know who, who's going to be the tight end there. It's going to be Rico. So it's it's going to be Rico. So otherwise, then you're working with, you know, you got Zeke in the running game, and they're going to pound the ball a lot because they know they're going to do that. And Michael Gallo could be a nice long-term play here, but I'm looking at Anthony Miller because I think the upside there, if Chicago's going to turn around, he's going to be one of the big reasons too. It's going to be Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. I think you're going to have lock up on uh, Allen Robinson. So I love the production here. I love the upside here. It, this could be one of those situations where it, I could see happening down the road where Anthony Miller could somehow surpass and be that guy you want on Chicago as your fantasy receiver. You know, yeah. you know, coming off a bit uh, an injured year where he's out and then a, a non-productive year before that, Al Robinson's no lock. Listen, I love Allen Robinson. I just trade made a big time trade for him in a league where I need a receiver. I gave up uh, Dalvin Cook for Allen Robinson and something. You know, so. I like Allen Robinson. I'm saying that, but there is when I made that trade. There's a lot of concern in the back of my head for that. Like going, all right, hey Rob, I loved you coming to college out of Penn State. I believe in you. Now show me. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have my full trust. You know, I'm not going to fall back and hope you catch me. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll fall forward and let you catch me. I I, re- I really like the the Anthony Miller picker. Um, I I have him slightly lower, but he's a player that you know. You fall in love with them as soon as you start watching the tape. It's just the way they plays the game, the the crap, the the the, the catches that he makes, the, the ability to stop and start without losing speed. He's a he's a really good receiver prospect, and and like you said, it's not out of the question that he ends up being the, the guy to own there in a few years. I mean, it's not going to be an instant thing. Where all of a sudden, you know, like next year he's better than Allen Robinson, but two or three years down the road for sure, I could see that. And okay. and, and love love the offense, love love the the other weapons that are there that can complement him, and you know, really get him single coverage for the first couple of years of his career, like you were saying. Nice. So that's it. That's our first round. Let's repeat this. We got Saquon Barkley one, Sony Michelle two, 
Rashad Penny, three. Darius Geis, four. Nick Chubb, five. Royce Freeman, six. Cortland Sutton, seven. Karrion Johnson, eight. Calvin Ridley, nine. DJ Moore, ten. Mike Kosicki, number 11. Anthony Miller, 12. To me, that's a very solid first round. I'm coming away with all those players very happy. We're going to get into it a little bit here in the second round where it's going to start getting a little bit uglier as we get down, but still some quality players on the map here. We're going to get back into it next week. We're going to start breaking down the second round here, uh, and then we'll probably do the third and fourth round all in one and kind of just get through it a little bit quicker. Because yeah, honestly, once we get to the back end of the second, maybe like the first, second pick in the third round, things start to get to me. I'm I'm okay with losing all my draft picks almost. I mean, the upside, you're taking some long shots. Guys, I like, you know, people are like, oh, how do you, I, like, I need Kiki Kute here, you know? Right. There's going to be some shots in the dark. I can get through most of the third round before I start feeling like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's going to be some hits, but right. let's not overly get overly excited. Some Sometimes, let me put it this way, sometimes people in our industry that we that are in us, they try to like, Look like they, they want to be like they know a little bit more, and they start they, they, start, they start making these cases for these players that are deep in this draft. And listen, we've done fifteen years of these things. We see these players that go in these back in these drafts. They're they're those names where right about now, like everybody knows their name. Two years from now, you can't even remember anything about them. Right? They go very quickly. We have histories of drafts like this, and this one's just as ugly as most of them. Yep. Right. Yeah, man. They're, so, they're definitely just shots in the dark. Yeah, and listen. Part. Unless you're wearing night vision goggles, those aren't good shots to take. So we'll be back next week breaking down round two and the players we like there. In the meantime, if you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can have the site at Dynasty Nerds. Of course, if you want to talk to us or a large community of 2,000 Dynasty enthusiasts, make sure to jump on our Facebook group page, the Dynasty Nerds Facebook group page there. If you don't, if you want to find a link to it, it is on DynastyNerds.com. Uh, like we mentioned, we are working on some things here on DynastyNerds.com. We have a lot of new exciting things coming your way. We'll be announcing here uh, probably in about four weeks or so. Um, so stay tuned for those. If you want to support the podcast, you can always buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, guaranteed to be the most comfortable t-shirt you ever own. Again, dominate your rookie draft in style. Look good. I mean, come on, American Peril, Tri-Blend t-shirts. Strike fear into those opponents as yeah. well. Guaranteed and boost your high five intake and your sex life and your dynasty overall strategy. DynastyNerds.com, buy a t-shirt. And of course, if you love to have the time, you get an iPhone, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Helps the podcast a ton. We're on Spotify, Ron Pod, all those. Any way you can get a podcast, leave us a rating and review on there too. I won't read them because I have an iPhone, but leave them there anyways. They help the site more than you realize. They really absolutely do. do. Rich, Rich won't read them, but somebody will. Yeah, and we got five, almost five. We got five hundred fifty-nine. We're only forty-one away from six hundred. Nice. That's a huge landmark. That is awesome. You could be a part of our history by just leaving us a little rating review. Yep. Even if you hate us, well, screw you, but leave a rating review. <laughs> Uh, so we'll be back you, next if, week. If you hate us, why are you listening? Yeah, nerd. <laughs> I'm just well, I'm a nerd, too. All right. All right, guys. Well, until then, we'll be back next week. Cheerio. All right, bye-bye. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.